I am unashamed. What about you? Well, welcome to the Unashamed Podca- Podcast, uh, Adam Adam Carolla. Yep. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I had, I'm going to have to confess something right here. I didn't know who you were because I don't get out much, but I did a Google search of you, and it was basically about every year something you said that offended some people. That was your whole Wikipedia, Wikipedia experience. So oh, I thought, I don't like this guy. <clears throat> yeah, I haven't looked at that. Uh, probably, probably for good reason. Probably should. Uh, now it's like if you um, ever have your uh, colonoscopy and they want to show you what's going on down there, <laughs> I just say, "Do your job." <laughs> you know what I mean? Do we really need to look and see what all is happening in there? I mean, I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I don't need to go there. I don't need to tour the uh, Hormel factory and see how the sausage is made. I, I don't need any of that stuff. I just want to eat. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Well, one of the things, Adam, I do know who you are uh, because I'm a little more cultured than my than my younger brother. But uh, I, you know, I really I saw some of your old stuff and and watched you, some of your comedy stuff. But I've really kind of enjoyed when you were with O'Reilly and now it's Tucker and all these, you know, different people kind of having that, that crossover humor to, what would you call yourself? A, a conservative commentator or whatever, you know, it's, I, I think it's really interesting. Yeah. It, it, there's not a lot of comedy on the uh, right side or the conservative side of the aisle. Um, and it's also, I've never really changed. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but I'm, I'm guessing you have. I didn't become a born again Christian. I didn't become a conservative. I didn't become anything. What I've been saying into a microphone hasn't changed for 25 years. It's just the world around me changed. So I always was for, you know, back in the day, it's like, well, you want, you want a, you want a good police force and you want, uh, school choice and you want uh, religious freedom and you want uh, a, a strong border and a strong military and uh, lower taxes and, and less regulation and smaller government. And this is all just basic stuff. Makes sense to I've me. Always, <laughs> I've always thought about. We'll vote uh, but for now, you. And, and by the way, it was never conservative. I was yeah. never called a conservative. It, was, it wasn't that I was just a guy who was like, I was fine. I was fine with uh, gay marriage, and I was uh, also fine with lowering taxes. Like I, I, I've always thought the same way about about everything. It's just lately, the the way the left is fashioned, you have to agree with them on every subject, and it doesn't matter how outlandish the subject is. If 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 biological men can uh, run track against biological women in high school. You have to be down with that cause. If you're not, if you don't think it's fair to the women, then you're conservative. But, you know, the old way is is pretty much rock solid for people like us. Well, I think his point, too, is now in your world, if you try to be, I can't imagine trying to be a comedian. Because now people are so sensitive about every one of these issues. It's like our, our little duck show that we had. We had a lot of people watching it from all spectrums of life because it was funny. But then somebody said, well, wait a minute. These guys, do you know what they actually believe? Because it was never you know, on the show. It was just a funny, it was something you could laugh at. But once they kind of tied some of our beliefs, some of the things you, you listed as well, well, that wound that up. <laughs> it was no longer funny. <laughs> it was offensive. Right. How dare you? What do you? So I, I was just, my question would be, how are you trying to be funny in this sensitive world now well you know i have a kind of a vetting process which is do i think it's funny does it make me laugh do i think there's some truth to what i'm saying and then i say it so i don't really put it through a a filter i don't have a governor um i don't i don't vet it i just say it so um and then my feeling is is uh, whoever's listening can laugh or they can be offended or most likely and more likely they can pretend to be offended because they're not really offended. I mean, nobody really cares about all this stuff. <laughs> their, their job is to pretend to be offended or 
more so pretend to be offended on behalf of other groups that they're not in. Yeah. So the, uh, you know, the middle-aged uh, white chick is going to be offended on behalf of black men or yeah. Jewish men mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever, whatever that is. And I don't really think they're offended. I don't really think they care. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they don't. I'm a comedian. I'm supposed to say what I, what I feel. And the second you start as a comedian, sort of second guessing yourself or trying to wonder, is that going to offend somebody or what's the reaction going to be? Then you're kind of done being a comedian. Yeah. I, I don't I think all the comedians that we've appreciated over the years, all all the greats, all your, you know, priors or your George Carlin's or guys like that. They said what they wanted to say. Yeah. And I think we appreciate that. So for me, considering there's a kind of rich history of comedians saying what they want to say, I mean, you know, Lenny Bruce or whomever, then uh, why should I deviate from that? Are, are there areas you stay away from now in terms of stand up or are there places you I, I don't know. I recently heard Seinfeld say he wouldn't do college campuses anymore because it just, you know, it just wouldn't work for him because, you know, they're so sensitive about everything. Are you like that as well? Or is you pretty much just because I don't know how much stand up you're doing, but I know you still do some. Yeah, they wherever uh, they ask me to go, I go and I do my my routine yeah. and I and I improvise and, you know, do some crowd work. But no, I don't I don't have places I won't go and I don't have things I won't say. I'll I'll go on any show. I'll play any venue. And, but I'm going to say what I'm what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, like I heard the other day when. Uh... Dan Rather was interviewing Rickles. I remember Don, Dan, Don Rickles. Don Rickles, I loved him. <clears throat> he asked him how he could have gotten away with all that back in the day. And basically, Rickles said, freedom of speech is a, is a beautiful thing. Right. He said, I was joking. I, I brought up, I'd make fun of this one, that one, other. You get on Johnny Carson. Oh, he's the king of the insults. Oh, the king of the insult. He said, I didn't have any kind of deep, rooted animosity i was just kidding he said but it's got to where now he said i'm still doing it he said but but there's not as many people laughing about it anymore right at the same at the same jokes he's just kidding but and he didn't care whether you're black white whatever if he just want to make a joke he'd do it you know right but people but, uh, can't laugh you know what I, I miss rickles Oh yeah, I missed oh. that whole era. I mean, I used to laugh till I cried. Oh, watching him. so we would. So Adam, Dad, and I. This is thirty years ago. I we I just got married, and we lived next door to each other because we kind of compound live down here uh, in Louisiana, and we would sit up. We would watch Carson and Letterman, yeah, almost every night, yeah, because we were you know just starting our company. And I mean, it was it was pretty much. I mean, they made political jokes. Carson was great at it, but it was it was sort of apolitical. It wasn't any side. It never felt like there was a side. And then that's when we saw these young comedians, Seinfeld, and all these people, and Rickles, you know, some Leno. of the old guys, Leno. And I mean, it like it was funny. Like we laughed every night. It was it, a better world to live in. It was. And Letterman right after, you know, and and Letterman was. But then now today, it just you know, seems you know like what so I think cranky. I think. Without us grasping the weight of it, uh, Corolla, I, I think we're freedom of speech is hanging in the balance here. I, I think we're seeing the collapse of literally the freedom to speak. Yeah, well, whether it be a joke or not, are you serious? So what? What's your idea on anything? I'm a God-fearing man. Someone said, well, that's dumb. And I'm like, well, to you, uh, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who believe, it's being saved by the power of God. So we're saying we're all in with Jesus. A lot of people say, well, I'll tell you what, that bunch of redneck idiots. It's just what I believe. And I would think we'd all be better off if we each had the right to believe whatever. Well, at least and talk about it. I'm going with Jesus. They say, well, I'm not. I'm saying, well, whatever. But I, it's not like I hate him because of it. I, I love him. I'm like, he's a fellow human being. I don't know what, I like, how that's a hard. I like the diversity. I mean, you yeah. know, one of my, 
closest friends is uh, conservative talk show host Dennis Prager. Yeah, I met he's him. A devout, he's a devout Jew. Yep. We have a great time together. Uh, I'm an atheist. He's a Jew. He's a deeply religious Jew. It doesn't come up. Right. I, I and I like I like the diversity of it. I like talking to him about about his religion and find, you know. And then you hear about some of the stuff, like you know, you hear about the Sabbath every Friday. You know, that's the Sabbath meal. Gets together with family and friends, and I go, well, that's smart. And that makes sense. I mean, religious or not, because <laughs> my TV, you know, my my family, we all just grab a, a plate and head to a separate room and watch TV shows. You know, yeah. it'd be nice if we had a, a Sabbath a time. Together. So but it, it's it's interesting to me and and it's diverse. And I don't know why we don't appreciate that. I mean, that's kind of what the United States was built on. All the different people with all their different beliefs expressing themselves and and kind of living amongst each other. And, you know, you think that Dennis wouldn't like the fact that I'm an atheist, but he doesn't care. Right. He, he cares that I'm a good person. He cares that I have character, you know, and we have much more in common because and he, he, you know, he grew up on the East Coast. He studied symphonies. He traveled to Russia. He speaks five languages. Um. I do none of that. I've come from none of that. I, I grew up in North Hollywood, California. There was with no religion and no culture and no anything. But we have common sense and and we have that in common. And and that's that's the bond. I, I think you're going to find that you're most attracted to people with common sense. That that's the biggest. That's the that's the greatest bridge that you can build is, is just being around people with common sense. Yep. We, we start breaking it off into skin color and religion and, uh, you know, sexual proclivities. Why, why is that? Why is that the number one thing we need? You know, right. you, someone's gay, he's gay, I'm gay, he's straight. What, what's that have to do with anything? We've been talking about big tech censorship over the last uh, several uh, weeks and um, just the threat that, that we have, you know, to, to what's going on here. Um, first and foremost, we believe that, that uh, God's in control and ultimately information is not going to be throttled, but it does ebb and flow. And so that's one of the reasons why we are working with Blaze TV uh, behind the paywall where no matter what happens, you can get access to our stuff. Um, you go to blazetv.com slash Phil. And right now they got a special. Al, what's the uh, what's the special? It's uh, sixty nine bucks. Uh, normally it's ninety nine, so it's thirty dollars off. So it's, and this is per year, so it's not a lot of money. You're talking about you know per month. It's really small if you you know view it in that way. So and not only do you get access you know to this and other things and <clears throat> what Dad's doing, but you get you know Mark Levin and Glenn Beck and everybody that's on our network. So it really is a good deal. A lot of good people are on there. And, you know, I mean, I, I love it. I love going to watch different things that are there. Yeah, and at this point in time, this is more than a promotion for us. I mean, we really highly encourage you to go um, and subscribe to what we're doing at Blaze TV. Um, uh, and, and, again, it's $30 off, only $69. That's blazetv.com slash fill, and you'll get the code. You'll see the little box on the landing page there. Did you tell us about that? So y'all did a documentary together, <clears throat> No Safe Spaces, in back in nineteen. What was that? What was that about? Because I haven't seen it, but I did see that that was one of the things you guys did. Uh, yeah, you guys would enjoy that. It was about free speech. It was about you know what's going on on college campuses, and it was a kind of foreshadowing of where we're at now. You know, we we sort of felt this thing was coming some years ago. And we set out and did the doc on that subject. And since the doc, which is only a year or two old, since we, you know, we started it probably three or four years ago. Right. But since it's complete, it's it's been ratcheted up. I mean, it's, it's gotten quite a bit worse over the last couple of years than than even. And we were doing the doc because we thought it was bad then. Right. <laughs> and now look right <laughs> oh yeah I mean, you guys are very prophetic you know with the whole idea and i saw the yeah. shapiro and some of those guys were were on there as well so i'm gonna have to check that out Adam, yeah. tell, tell us about your uh your latest book and i'm gonna read the title for our audience it's uh 
I'm your emotional support animal navigating our all woke, no joke culture. Now, what was the woke again? What was navigating that? our all woke no know, joke culture. But y'all, y'all oh yes, explain to Jay, explain to Jay's Adam because again he doesn't get out much. What it means? What what does woke mean? Because he doesn't know. Well, Jay's, <laughs> I don't know if you don't get out much or you don't get in much. I feel like <laughs> I feel like you're out. I feel like you've been out all the time. Is probably why you don't know anything. I think I think you got to come in and watch a little news. I'm out on a lot of things. Well, you knew what woke was. I was shocked. Well, okay. I've just heard it through the grapevine. I'm like, woke is a joke without any hope. It it didn't offer you any hope. So I'm like, I don't believe I'll get into that. But I can't remember what it was. It's just my my way of addressing what what's going on, how people have lost the ability. The stuff we've discussed, you know, okay. can't make jokes about people, can't make jokes about culture, can't make jokes about anything anymore. And this book just steamrolls right through that. It's no holds barred. Uh, you know, I had the editor in New York, younger person. You know, kept saying, kept writing back, you sure you want to say this or you can't say this? <laughs> and I would say, oh, well, if you say I can't say it now, it's definitely in this book. I, I pulled nothing out. This poor guy, he didn't realize that every time he said to me, you can't say that or you shouldn't say that or you're going to really offend people if you leave that in the book, he, he just cemented his fate. I'm now. By virtue of him saying that, it has to stay in the book because that was why I wrote the book. <laughs> I love it. Have you has it, you gotten good feedback from folks that have read it? Yeah, I think it's uh, last I checked on Amazon had about twenty five hundred reviews and four point six or seven stars. So it, it's a very well reviewed book. Uh, obviously, it's hated by certain people. But uh, by folks like us who feel like a lot of comedians have just sort of shut up or or changed their politics or become essentially Moranos, which is uh, an interesting term, which is uh, something that Prager brought up to me a time or two, which is uh, Moranos were a group of Jews that just pretended they weren't Jewish so they wouldn't get into into trouble. Huh. I don't know if it was in Spain and you know yeah. in 18 something but the but the point is is we got a lot of Moranos out there. There's a lot of comedians <laughs> that are pretending, not talking. No one wants to be deplatformed. No one wants to be removed. Mm. You know, guys like you, you built your own business. You can't be deplatformed. You can say what you want. Right. I'm in the same boat, but most people aren't that way. Right. Just yeah. Every day you turn on the news, you find someone else who got canned from their job for expressing themselves. And those yeah. people are scared. So uh, one of the things that um, I've noticed that uh, is needed now with this current Zoom era that we've been in for the last year. I mean, have you done a lot of Zooms? Yeah, it's a lot of like speaking and hundreds yeah dad does a lot of media this past year and one of the things that you know you really need is to be able to hear is this the biggest issue for me and so uh, i find myself using earbuds quite a bit you know during these do you use the earbuds or you just go with the i've used both but i think the more the more important thing is like that commercial one they say you know treat it like a mirror you know is that how you look into a mirror (laughs) (laughs) you look like us so we have a new uh uh, new sponsor for our podcast called raycon and they make earbuds and of course they're bluetooth they they uh, sweat resistant they've got a lot of good qualities to them so you know as like me you're probably doing a lot of zoom and you might want to check these guys out Basically, Raycon is offering 15% off all their products for our listeners. And so you go to buyraycon.com. Raycon is R-A-Y-C-O-N. Buyraycon.com slash unashamed. You get 15% off your order uh, and check out some earbuds. I think with us, you know, our family, we've, we've made fun of each other. In a loving way, I guess, but not really, practically, <laughs> our whole lives, because we didn't really take ourselves too seriously. And uh, so then when they started filming us, you know, they'd have little jokes or ideas 
but that that they never made it. It was always just naturally we got into what we it. would like, do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Willie and I have been making fun of each other our entire life. Right. It's 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 just graphically as possible, <laughs> and then laughing. But you know, if somebody else, I guess, you know, tries to do some serious harm, you know, I'd be the first first person to take it up for it. <laughs> right. But I think it's just because laughter is. You know, and not taking yourself too seriously because we all have our baggage and mistakes. It's just, it warms the soul. And I look around and all this fear and about the pandemic. And look, there's a lot of tough well, times the, the, and people the, have the, died. But, you know, you need, if you could just laugh for a few minutes every day, it's amazing, I think, what would happen. But the woke crowd, if you look at them carefully, they have not thought it worthwhile to ever entertain the concept that, okay, we've caught this guy in a mistake. Uh, he owned slaves 216 years ago. Because of that, we will never from this day for the next thousand years, we will not forgive him for making that mistake of yeah. having slaves when that's not right. Well, if you're going to hold it against someone... Anything they made a mistake in. Yeah, because all those you're guys full, are you're, dead. you're in a mistake-filled world, and there's a large group of them now. Now, they have their mistakes, but that doesn't count. They're only looking at yours, and they're saying to you, well, from it's 200 the, years cancel, ago. Yeah. the cancel culture. It's the foundation of wokeism. Oh, yeah. they, 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 are, they don't have the ability or the desire or the wherewithal to say, you know what? I don't hold it against you, whatever. It's been a long time. You know, if you hold something uh, against someone for 200 years, <laughs> a mistake he made, and you tear down what, what, what renown he ever had, I'm just looking at that corona saying that's, that's a tough way to, to operate on planet Earth, interacting well, you know, with each other. Some, somewhere, I don't know if it's old or new, probably Old Testament, they, you know, they say... He was a good man in his time. So they, they meant judging by the times they were in, because obviously things change and something, something like slavery used to be the norm yeah. and using different terms for different people and different ethnicities or women. You know, this was all stuff that was in its time, the norm. Yep. And you can't go ahead 500 years and then judge the person <laughs> because he act he acted in a way that was a a norm in the time. It, That's correct. It, it's also it's like it doesn't mean you condone any of it. It right. just was that right. in in his time. Yeah. Because look, let, let's let's be honest. At some point. uh if they put a statue of me up in front of North Hollywood High, because uh, I'm one of the greatest uh, graduates of North Hollywood High, uh, they're going to have to they tear it down a hundred years from now because they'd find out I was a meat eater. Yeah. <laughs> that is my point, Corolla. I mean, and how do you survive? Because how does anyone survive if there's never any forgiveness? It, right. Because I'm not going to hold it against it, you, dude. We would actually it, be worse because we hunted down the meat, <laughs> killed it, and then ate it. Yeah. Oh, no. You, you know, you guys, yeah, they, they're not going to put the statue up. <laughs> there's there going to be one up to take down. <laughs> they might put your statue up at uh, 10 a.m. and by noon. That, that, is, that, is, cor that is correct. <laughs> Same day statue removal. Well, tell yeah. us about that, Carl. I mean, you're living. You know, we're down here in Louisiana, and but you're you're living in the state of states. I mean, like all these people are leaving. Tell tell us what it's like in California. I mean, you're obviously native. You've been out there, I guess, most of your life. But what, what's 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 it like to be in a in a what happened? Lockdown? What I mean, happened? at one time they voted for Ronald Reagan for crying. <laughs> I know, out loud. Ronald Reagan. What happened, Carol? You know. Uh, it's always been, well, it's always, and not always been, but in recent history, it's just a Democratic supermajority out here. 
And I think everyone thinks of themselves as, you know, this is California. We have to be progressive. We're going to lead the world. Every kooky idea we announce, we have to do it first here in California. And of course, when you have the kind of single party majority that we've had out here and it's all Democrat, then, of course, the state's going to start falling apart because their ideas are horrible. They're big into taxing. They're big into regulation. And businesses start moving out. And, and regular folks who just want to live their life and be left alone, they go to Texas. You know, they go to Florida. They go to Louisiana. They they get out. Yeah. So what we're seeing now is an exodus um, of taxpayer like the people elon musk the, the the people that create jobs it's such an unfriendly environment to create jobs that they'd rather just go to texas and create jobs yeah. i mean we used to you know tesla you guys know what a tesla is right yeah, yeah we do know okay. i actually own that stock it's been really good <laughs> tesla is the last car company to move out of California. We used to have Nissan. We used to have Toyota. GM was here. We had a lot of car. We did a lot of car building here. They all left. And Tesla was the last. So if you just took a look at automotive, you know, that the industry, those guys, automotive is a pretty bottom line industry. You have to deal with unions. You have to deal with suppliers. You have to deal with regulations. You know, think about the regulations in building a car. Well, California overregulates everything, and so obviously it's not attractive. So these these companies they pick up and they move to Texas or they move to Nashville. Yep. I think uh, Tennessee. I think <laughs> Nissan moved to Tennessee. They did. Um, I can't. I remember Toyota moved to one of the Carolinas, maybe, but they just get up and leave yeah. because they need to make money. And then when they leave, they take the tax base with them. And the unions get bigger and and the companies get smaller because they leave. And that's it. Now. Now we have this. And then you, you start sprinkling in homelessness and, uh, you know, the lack of we're we're not into law and order. We're not into rule of law. We're, we're more worried about homeless people and their rights than we are about taxpayers and their rights. And I in this book, in one of my books, I think in maybe my first book in 50 years will all be chicks. I laid it out. I said, uh, there's a long, there's a long street that goes by the forest lawn cemetery right here in the middle of the valley. And it's a long street. And on one side of the street, there are people who are here illegally from Mexico selling flowers, all, you know, uh, tax, no taxes paid, you know, all cash, yep. undercutting the businesses, the florists that are paying their rent, paying the employees, paying taxes. On one side of the street, there's a whole bunch of folks who are here illegally and they're selling flowers that they bought down at the, you know, flower mart in downtown LA. And then they brought them and they're selling them for 10 bucks. You know, obviously the florists, the legitimate businesses can't compete with them because they have no overhead. They have no insurance. They have no anything. That's on one side of the street. On the other side of the street is a motorcycle cop. And he's backed up the driveway and he has his radar gun out. And the reason he's backed up there is because it's a long, straight, windy street and people tend to speed on that street. So if you want to know what's going on in L.A., you have the cop with the radar gun giving out tickets to taxpayers, soccer moms and people trying to get to work. On the other side of the street, you have illegals selling, running a business with no permits, no tax, no nothing, undercutting other businesses, and they're completely left alone. They can do whatever they want. They're empty bags. We're not interested. The cops are interested in the taxpayers because they have checking accounts and they want to get money from that. And if you want to know what's going on in L.A. and in California, that's it. Just look at that street. That's, right. That's all you need to know. Has a, any of the people who are the champions of this wokeness and the cancel culture crowd, do any of them ever get together, Corolla, and say, we may be hurting ourselves with this kind of logic? No, they, they have no ability 
to look in the mirror. They don't have a sense of irony. The same idiots in this town that never, they never stop crowing about McCarthyism. They never stop talking about pe- people being blacklisted and, you know, writers in the 50s right. and 40s, you know, being communist sympathizers. So they were unable to get work and they were deplatformed essentially. I mean, they were, they were, their livelihood was taken away from them. The same idiots that never shut up about that are frantically trying to get everyone else fired from their job right now who disagrees with them. That's right. And they they don't they don't not they do not sense the irony in that at all. They're just in a bubble. I mean, this is what it is. And you wonder this at some point the bubble has to burst though. The, what you just described, Adam, you can't you can't run a state like that or or country either. I mean, at some point it's just going to get upside down and it's going to crash and burn. I guess. I mean, I mean, it has to be. What's Why coming. is it this infatuation that human beings have had since he showed up? What was it, sixteen hundred and whatever? Or was it eighteen hundred? I don't know, but it's before you're coming the, in America. Yeah. Well, well, why? Why does why does Karl Marx keep raising his head? And you look at his policies, and the damages that have occurred, in lieu of them, you would think you would say, you know, we might ought to get off this Karl Marx train, <laughs> but he keeps coming up, Corolla, and I'm looking at it. I, I tried to research to find out what job, workplace, Karl Marx ever had, and I come up, he's like Bernie Sanders. I came up with nothing that he ever did as far as work. Yeah, you know, I always describe it as this way. Um, so I'm a car guy, and uh, Jay Leno's shop is up the street from me a couple miles, and I hang out there a bit. And uh, he has a, a turbine car, a Chrysler turbine car, kind of experimental. They built a handful of them in the, in the 60s. And they thought, you know, it looks like a rocket ship. You know, they thought it was the future. These, these turbine cars will be the future. And so what I'm saying is, is the turbine car never worked. It just didn't. It, 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 it just didn't work. It seemed like a good idea. It seemed like the future, but it turns out the internal combustion engine, you know, going back to the Model T and now in the car I just drove here today, that's the same engine, pistons, connecting rods, you know, valves, heads, cams, yep. same, the same. It, it's the technology is 110 years old, it, but it works the best. And so the analogy is capitalism and free markets and whatever America used to be, that's the internal combustion engine. This turbine engine, it seems like the future, but it doesn't work. And you hear a lot of people now, a lot of AOCs and politicians of her ilk, what they're saying is, is, okay, the turbine engine car never worked. It never worked. Fine. I have a new idea for a turbine engine car. <laughs> and what we're saying is, is what's wrong with the internal combustion engine? That's it right. works fine. And that's they're right. saying, well, that's your grandpa's car. This yeah. is the new car. Yeah. This is the future. Yeah. So we understand that the turbine engine, it didn't work in Cuba and it didn't work in Russia and it didn't work in Venezuela and it never worked anywhere ever. <laughs> but ours is different. <laughs> we got our own take on the turbine car. So just listen to us. But just give us money and then we'll do it. We'll take care of it. This, and I think is I'm looking at the internal combustion car and the turbine car and I'm going, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it ever worked. Yep. I think there's problems I with it, it that are Fair inherent it's with the, the car. The sage wisdom of Adam Carolla. I know we got to go. You got to run and so do we. But, uh, man, we appreciate you coming. Uh, I definitely encourage our audience to check out your book and your projects you have going on. And so uh, I'm glad you came to Unashamed, Adam. I'm uh, glad you guys had me. Anytime you like, I'll come back. All right. Keep fighting the fight, brother. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. Enjoyed it. So that was that was interesting. That was, that's probably the most different guest we've ever had on Unashamed, Corolla. Yeah. I mean, basically what I realized, I could be wrong about this, is that the redneck world and the Christian community, we're basically the last people that you can make fun of 
and it's okay. Right. So if I was a comedian, I would say, yeah, <laughs> I'll be on those guys, <laughs> and we're okay with it, you know, because I think we need to laugh. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know what he believed. He kind of threw me under the bus. For uh, maybe I do need to get more in touch with society. He said, he said uh, "Your problem is not that you you don't get out much; you don't get in much." <laughs> he said, "You're just out there, Jay. You're out there, just not just missing out. What's happening?" That was it's pretty, pretty funny. And yeah, when he was talking, I don't know if they even we were recording when we were. He was talking about the having the colonoscopy. <laughs> uh, you know, that was one of the darkest times of my life when I had that. And so when you when he used that as an illustration, which I guess have we all been there before? I don't think that you've ever had a colonoscopy. Not that I know of. Don't do it. <laughs> I mean Wait. it's one of the few things that after two days of that, I woke up mumbling to myself, you know, inviting people to a fish fry. <laughs> I uh that 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 happened. I thought I'd just rather be dead. I mean when you woke now, up, I know they anesthesia. tell people go check it and they'll find cancer. And I mean, I get it. I get what we're doing. That was horrible. Maybe they've made some kind of. <laughs> no, it's, I think it's maybe, still bad. Maybe years, I just had it years ago, somebody said that you ought to at least do that once, once in your life. Yeah. And I think they did it. And I said the only, my conclusion was after the, after it was over, I said that the only bowel troubles I ever had. Was someone checking to see whether I had bowel? Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm my point is. It's horrible. I mean, just to look and find out if you have bowel troubles, that was bowel troubles. Because they put you under. I mean, they gave you a pill and just, and I mean, everything that you, out of your bowels, the lower bowel, it all came up. And I'm thinking, this is the only trouble I ever had. They said, that's what we're looking for, whether, whether you have trouble or not. Well, I was I was going to ask you because it was an interesting conversation, and I was going to ask him, you know, what did he recommend? I mean, we ran out of time. I didn't know we were on a time schedule, but what what he's did, a busy what, man, Jess. He's a celebrity. Yeah, what what we're are just you down there on what, the river? I'm glad he came on because I do. I just feel like our our culture needs to to laugh some and to relax. And I just feel like we need that. Uh, you know, I was in, I didn't tell him, but I went to, I was in Austin this past week. And it's just culturally, it's just so different when I come home. Right. You know, Missy wanted to go to the movies. They have, they over there, they have like a dine-in movie where, and, and the food was incredible. And this place was huge. And it was swanky. I mean, the chairs, you know, you're laying back and you have the waiter come up and are you good? And there's no handing tickets. You know, you just booked your seats. Well, here's why I'm telling you this. There was no one there. It was my wife, me, and my daughter. In the entire facility, (laughs) zero people at the movie. I thought it was awesome. This was like our private. But how could they have good food with only three or four sitting there? They went and cooked it, I guess. I it was outstanding. So and it was I, like a meal at the movie. No, oh, you're not you, talking about popcorn and hot dogs. Oh no. Oh, you get popcorn and it was better than your average popcorn. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you know, seventy two dollars a bucket, which was amazing. I think we ate a meal for three with an appetizer and popcorn. It was like sixty bucks. I mean it was really good food. And no one else appreciated this place but you. There's nobody there because it's it's a it, they they this place leans left and blue, and because of the coronavirus, there was nobody there. Right. So I asked the waiter, I was like, "Well, what happened? What happens if we didn't show up tonight?" <laughs> he said, "It would have just been another night." <laughs> <laughs> so I tipped him the amount of our meal because yeah. I thought. This is, all, this is all you're getting tonight, right here. I told Missy, I was like, let me have the check. Because, you know? I mean, this is it. But what I was going to say is, we so we watch, a mo- we watch this movie. Uh, oh, man. Forrest Gump. Uh, he was the Forrest Gump character. Oh, you're talking about the when he was uh, the Tom Hanks, when he was the, the Western? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah so oh, I've seen okay, News of the World. Did you like it? 
You know, I did. There's a little bit of this couple of things I felt like they were, you know. This is why I'm bringing this up, though, Al. I liked the movie, and uh, even though it was really slow, it kind of reminded me the flow of of like the Unforgiven. Here's what I didn't like about it. When you watch the trailer, it was like all action. But then when you watch the movie, the whole trailer is like five minutes of the movie. Oh, it's like my daughter, she's a hot. I was shaking her and like, it's going to get better. But I I, I like the type of movie. But here's what I was going to say. I mean, this guy, I don't even, he's probably as far left as you can get the star in it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the people that wrote it, because the backdrop of the movie. No doubt about it. Look, the backdrop of the movie was this. You know, we came over here and took the Indians land. So they had that little storyline going. Yep. It was, The Civil War was going on. They had this going on. This little girl was a German uh, immigrant or whatever, and they just, you know, kill all her family and just was trying to kill her and, and abuse her. So it's like every, all these different types of groups of people, which is what, you know, we were discussing with Corolla, and it's just a mess of violence and, and just horrible. So that that's the backdrop of it. And I get it why they wrote it, because they're... Well, the hero is the journalist. He's a journalist, you know. Well, and and, and look, he's just giving the news. He <laughs> goes around, <laughs> and, and he gives the news. Yep. Look, but and they were representing that he was speaking right. the truth, right. and they had these little clans of mainly groups of, of white guys mm-hmm. who were controlling the cities. That's right. And, and so it was all there. Now, yep. you say, well, how come you like that? Because to me, I look at everything, including our conversation that we just had, through the lens of I believe there's a God, and I believe he made all people, and I believe all people make mistakes. So in my eyes, I'm like, yep, there's been a lot of mistakes in this country, and you made reference yeah, you to that. And look, there's been— Everybody makes mistakes. And, and, and the whole point of this movie— well, and if I'm ruining the movie for you, great. Because look, by the time you get to the end, you will have forgotten everything I've said. This this movie has five O's in the word slow. It is so slow. I mean, you can take a nap at various sections and get up and say, oh, no, we're still here. But they they basically, he realized that I have to help this person. And I think it was some underground immigration issue yeah. about because they were from Germany. And he's like, you know, and I, 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 my, I, I lost my wife. You know, and he had had tragedy, and it wasn't really because of any kind of culture or whatever. His wife died, and so he just makes a decision: I've got to help this girl. It's biblical. And, yeah, yeah. And so you say, well, how did you get something out of? Because I thought about God and us, despite our mistakes, despite our, despite our baggage, He pursues us. He loves us. He, he sent us Jesus, mm-hmm. and to others that is foolishness. But to us who are being saved, it's like the power of God, and that bringing people together under that umbrella is, is something that we do. And the, good, the news that he shared to bring people together, well, we, we share good news. Every, I mean, we're reading a book of Acts. They go around and they share this image of God and Jesus from town to town. It, to me, it was a mirror image of what we do, except we just do it in the name of Jesus, in love. Yep. It's it's it was so similar to me. I saw that without yep. Jesus. I saw it in the movie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I I mean I, overall I got some of those good things out of, it, but I, the other part kind of just irks me. I, I just I, I hate it when people they write in they go back in time. It's sort of what Corolla was talking about. And then they write in their current issues back into a time when they wouldn't even been dealing with the, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I mean, it's like you, you try to take back this kind of mindset now back to a Westerner. I don't know. It just irritates me. Loving know. God and loving your neighbor would have fit perfectly with uh, that current movie. Well, right. I'm going to tell you this. That the motivation for the whole thing. It was. There were some good things. It's Jesus, just well acted. Jesus know. hung out with the Riff Ralph. He hung out with the tax collectors, uh, probably atheists and ever, you know, people, you know, because a lot of people in the religious world, we get so cultish. We have this sectarian mindset because people are probably surprised. They're like, 
well, why would you have an atheist on your show? Because y'all all believe in Jesus. Right. You're like, because we don't want to have the same group thing that we were describing on the other side. It doesn't make me uncomfortable we'll at all. No. I love everybody. We'll listen to what they have to say. Exactly. exactly. And I think that's what's wrong with our, even our culture where we just have sex and the religious world has their sex. Yep. And it everything results in alienation, which we talked about on previous division. Podcasts. Division. So, what? but here was the interesting point. So, uh, the reason uh, Corolla was on our podcast is because they reached out. They want you to be a guest on his podcast. So, look, everybody knows you're you're one of the most recognized men of faith in the in America in our culture. And hey. Adam Carolla, who's an atheist, wants to have you on his podcast, which then opened the door for us to have him on ours. Yep. I, I really do think it's an idea that you can learn a lot from people. He used the word common sense as the connector. And and he's right in the sense that the stuff he was describing in terms of how we live, I mean, he's not going to go at We're going to go at it from a spiritual, biblical angle. Right. But he's going to go at it just from a common sense angle. And yet at the same time, we, we found a lot of common ground in, in what well, he exactly. believes. Exactly. That's doing. what I was going to bring up. You know, I was wondering what his approach was going to be, but I was going to bring up uh, not only common sense, but conversation. A lot of people, they won't even, once they label you yep. in our culture, that the conversation ended. That's it. Which is why I brought up about our show. Right. You say, well, the ra- you know, the ratings got up to whatever it was, 12, 14 million people. And then a certain group of people, when they discovered that we actually believe in Jesus, that he's real, well, it was no longer funny. No matter what you did, you could have the greatest (laughs) humor set of all time. They're like, people believe in Jesus. Not funny. How dare they? (laughs) That's not funny. Because it doesn't really fit the narrative of what they believe, like like that movie, on how you're going to reshape the world. We're right. going to do it one kid at a time, which is kind of was the theme of the movie, In Love. But we can agree on, on love. I mean, at the end of the movie, I'm like, I'm hoping he helps this girl. Yeah. I, out of love, even though you just believe in the news, just go around and just tell everybody the truth about what happened. And I'm thinking, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) I believe this happened. But you're right as a mindset, because I I remember one of our mutual friends, Carbo, Willie and I were telling about Dumb and Dumber. He said, oh, that's that's, will be so stupid. So have you ever watched it? He said, no. It's a hilarious movie. It's Yeah, it's dumb, but I mean, it's funny. So he decided, he he was like, so we all watched it together. He never chuckled he never because he didn't made his mind and we're falling out on the floor laughing mm-hmm. at some of the hygiene but when you make up your mind yeah that's not going to be funny then you, your mind is made up i mean it's just that's that's when people get so ironclad and i think you see that across the spectrum i mean look to tell you the truth i have a lot more respect for somebody uh who believe who doesn't believe in god and then tells what he believes on social issues i'm like well of course this is what you think, because in my mind, you know, I think about that verse in Corinthians that says, don't be shocked, you know, when you associate with the world and what they believe. And he was talking about in the context of sex or whatever. But the more shocking part is if someone claims to be a follower of Jesus, claim to have surrendered, and then their lifestyle is in direct opposition of what he says. Which is which is worse? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, I think that was Paul's point, and and it was to the it church, was. church of Corinth. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Corolla, he's you know, I mean, I've been like I said, I, I I picked him up more on the now that he's kind of more of a conservative voice and more humor, but he's kind of like oh um, Dennis Miller. All those yeah. guys yeah. are like that. They're not really socially conservative, but they're. You know, politically they are. So now he probably couldn't do because I saw one of his shows was called the Man Show. He probably couldn't do that now. Probably It'd not. have to be the People Show. Well, or, you know, he did it with old Kimmel. They were like 
pals yeah, on there. Watched it, but and Kimmel, I mean, you know, he's such a left winger. But I did, I did see somebody asked him if they're still friends. He said, "Yeah, we're friends." I mean, you know, Kimmel's kind of gone the anti, you know, the other way. But he said, "Yeah, we're friends." But Al there. Kimmel had us on there. He was a perfect gentleman. Yeah. To us. Well, in fact, he. He had y'all on, and somebody else protested and didn't come on. Remember the guy? Oh, the, yeah. The vegan you guy. You know what was funny about that, doing that Jimmy Kimmel show? I thought, when you watch these late-night shows, this might be interesting for our viewers. It may not, but I thought it was interesting. I thought we were going to get together and say, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll ask you this and that, no. and we'll... No, <laughs> I was around... We were standing around telling jokes. He was telling jokes in the green room. There was like a little siren that went off, and guy said, "Hey, get to this spot." We got in line. I don't know if you remember this. Then we're they had a little elevator that like brought us up to the floor. You remember this, Phil? Yeah. And we walked out. The crowd. I thought, <laughs> "Oh, this is it." I mean, we're we sat out. I was like, "What is he fixed to say?" I had zero idea of what the heck was going on. And they had shown the little carrot clip thing y'all did where the we did do that yeah. which seemed silly to me and then when i went and when went when it aired yeah because we saw that you can still the audience can still pull it up on youtube it's pretty funny. we were actually making so they didn't offend which this is our culture since we didn't offend the meat lovers <laughs> we made vegetable calls <laughs> Carrot calls. Carrot calls. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I thought it was clever. And a guy, the guy that didn't come on, he didn't come on because we eat meat. Yeah. Now we hunt. Morris. Morris. It's tough for food Morrissey. laws to hang in there, but yeah, they is. still hold on to them. Yeah, like me. Look, if you want to eat, you know, bitter roots and beet tofu, great. I'm gonna. I I love you for that. That's right. I said yeah. more, more meat for the rest of us. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.